Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Prime Defective Podcast, a proud member of the soon-to-be-named network. This week, we watch Star Trek The Next Generation Season 1, Episode 18, titled Coming of Age, directed by Michael Vehar and written by Sandy Fries, and edited by four totally different people, one of them being Tracy Torme, though. Thumbs up for me. Yes. Thanks again for tuning in to the Prime Defective Podcast. I am your host, Brian. On the other side of the microphone is Jared Jolon True. Jared. Jolon True, Brian. And I did the finger wag, as I always do when I do that for you. Mm, we got to start doing a video podcast. Yes, just for that. Right. It's fancy. A vlog. We do a vlog. A vlog. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's go back to the time when the show was on. Let's go back. Let's do vlogs. Well, I was going to say let's go back to 2004, but you're saying vlogs was back in the 80s. Uh, the early 90s. So uh, before we hop into this this wonderful episode, sir, do you have any Star Trek news for us this week? I do have some Star Trek news. Uh, I can't remember when we last recorded, had the news about the main character in Discovery been announced yet? Who was playing her? The the chick from Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon? No, that's the captain. The captain is not the main character. Okay. The I don't remember the, the uh, lieutenant commander. Uh, the chick from shit. Uh, chick Walking from Dead. Shit. Oh. Um. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She's gonna be on both shows, right? I guess so. Yeah. Uh. What? Yeah. I forget her uh, name. The one who plays Sonia. Yes. Sonia. Son. Sonia. I probably should have looked that up, but there was other news. Tyrese's sister. Yeah. Well, I I, I always look at her as Abraham's uh, squeeze. Yes. Uh, so she, almost along the lines of what we were thinking, not exactly a Gina Torres, but we kind of nailed it, I would say. We definitely knew it was yeah, going to be female, I mean, and uh, I think we called black. We definitely said not white. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, that's true. We did definitely say not white. But like Wesley Snipes always says. Always bet on black. Always bet on black. Uh, so sh- that was announced. They also announced uh, some Klingons, three Klingons into the show, uh, three guys who I've never heard of, and I'm not even going to bother looking them up, but uh, I guess the Klingons are involved somehow in the show. And as of today, I believe today is the 18th of January, yes. they announced another person on the show playing a character that you know, Brian. You've seen this character before in other shows and other movies. You want to take a stab at who in it might other, be? In other Star Trek shows Star Trek and Star Trek films movies. I should have specified. And television shows. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. And this takes place prior to the Enterprise. No, prior to the original series. That's what I, I that's what I, I didn't mean. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. I didn't mean the show Enterprise. I meant I meant the original <laughs> series. I'm sorry. Um oh boy. Hmm. Mm, it's a tough mm, one. Mm. Is it a Vulcan? It is a Vulcan. Is it... Is it Ambassador... Is it Spock's father? It's Spock's father. Look at that. Sarek. Look at that! The actor... I could not remember his name. I was thinking Salek. Salek. That was close. close. Sarek. It's close. Yeah. Uh, The actor James Fran, F-R-A-I-N, is announced that he will be playing uh, Sarek. And... What else has this guy been? He is a respectable British actor. His many film and television credits include Prime Suspect, Elizabeth, Hillary and Jackie, The Tudors. He was on Flash Forward. Remember Flash Forward? (laughs) Unfortunately, yeah. True Blood. He was in uh, Tron Legacy as well. And uh, Oh, he played Lee Brannis on Agent Carter. I do not remember that character on Agent Carter, but I did watch Agent Carter. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was Ferdinand on Orphan Black, a show that I've tried to watch and is good, but I just never finished it. And he also played Theo Galavan slash Azriel on Gotham, which I believe that was the mayor of Gotham. Oh, oh, I know exactly who he is. Though. Oh, you do? Because you watch Unfortunately, Gotham? Unfortunately, by the time you get to the crappy Gotham reference, I understand who he is. Oh, is he any good? 
He's over the top, but yeah, I think he, obviously he'll he'll. I mean, that whole show is over the top, so I'm sure. Well, Sarek, I would not down. call an over the top character. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Oh. Like he played the part over the top because that's what Gotham called for. Because Gotham, the entire show is insanity. Right. I'm sure he'll be just fine. Just fine. Uh, now, what is not uh, in this page that I'm reading, which is on StarTrek.com, I also read this article earlier today on uh, Entertainment Weekly's website. In addition to this casting news, they had other news on there that's not listed here. The news being that the release date has been pushed back again. Of course, they just started filming. Yeah. So it will not be May of 2017. It will probably most likely be. They didn't say but I'm saying probably September, September, October. That seems to be the starting date for a lot of shows nowadays. Sure. So. Or or since the beginning of time. Yeah. It's usually <laughs> the fall. So season. assuming that television is still a thing a year from now almost, you'll be able to watch Star Trek. <laughs> hmm. Uh, that yeah. is about it for at least for Discovery News. You know, that's the only news that's really important now. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, thank you for. Yeah, I'm sure when the the new movie starts coming out, we'll have plenty of stuff to talk about from there. We should be in season like two of this, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Hopefully. Well, thank you for the news. Uh, so let's kick right into this episode. This is season one, episode eighteen, Next Generation, called "Coming of Age." This is primarily a Wesley Crusher. Uh, focused episode it's, i think it's supposed to be but as i watched it i was like they seem to be spending more time on not wesley than i had remembered in this episode and uh i was like it seems that the title of the show coming of age was specific for him right right because the supposed b plot that was going on had nothing to do with coming of age or anything like that there were you know sometimes you might right. have like a parallel you know, like Worf and Data both learn about the parents or something like that. It's called like Sins of the Father. <laughs> sure. You know, so I was I thought I thought Wes I mean it was definitely Wesley had a story. I would almost call his the B story, but it was definitely they meant it to be the A story. Right. It's like they started off that Wesley's story was the A story and then they like they peppered in the other stuff and then they just kept thinking of more and more stuff to put in with the B storyline and it eclipsed the main storyline, right. which the title comes from. Well, the B story so, was definitely more interesting. Well, uh, yeah, absolutely. So the the synopsis of this episode is young Wesley Crusher is uh, goes off the ship to uh, training a training academy to basically try to get an entry into Starfleet Academy. Uh, he goes up against three other individuals because they are the top four finalists to get into the academy. We'll get into that later. <laughs> Um, uh, so that's the main story there. He's doing tests and going up against these other people to, to try to get into the Academy. The B story is that a admiral shows up on the enterprise with a lackey, a lieutenant with him, and they are supposedly conducting some type of investigation because they think something isn't right on the enterprise. So those are my, those something's are my wrong. synopsis. Yes. Something, something is wrong. Yes. That's a pretty concise con- synopsis. So, before we get into the actual episode, Jared, what did you think of this episode? I like this episode. I like it a lot. Uh, Despite the craziness with Wesley's uh, testing, which I'm sure we'll get into, uh, I thought it was an interesting story. The stuff on the ship, um, I don't know if they intended it to uh, dovetail into uh, the last episode of the season, which we know it does. Uh, if if so, I watched it closer with a different kind of eye, knowing what was going to happen in the future. I don't think they had intended it that way, <laughs> to be quite honest with you. I think they had something going on that they were going to do, and then they were like, we don't know exactly what it's going to be. Uh, I did like that it referenced a lot of older episodes that we had seen already without doing the uh, flashbacks to them, you know, because that <laughs> could have easier with that happened. Um. I'm trying to think what else. Yeah, I like the episode. That was interesting. I also like the episode. Oh, I thought I you hated alluded it. Because you, no, you were all getting ready to go boxing with fucking Tracy Torme. 
No, uh, I believe we alluded to the end of the last episode uh, of our show that we that this was a good episode, and it is. Um, yes, there are many questions during the episode, um, but I liked it a lot of the same things that you did. I have in my notes regarding the fact, like um, mentioning previous episodes. I always like, especially when a show like this, which it doesn't tend to do that on a regular basis, goes back and references things that have already happened that we know about, right? Um, also with the future knowledge of what happens at the end of the season, I enjoy this episode even more. And I do think that they had something in mind when doing the episode. I think it makes a lot of sense. And I think we'll see that once we get to the end of the season. Well, when when Um, we get to the certain parts in the episode, I'll ask the questions to see what you thought, um, how, then the way that it correlated. Cause again, I, I watching it, I was like, Oh, well, Okay. It could be this, it could be that, you know, but we'll get to that when we get to the specifics of that. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there were some goofy things in it, uh, but overall, I thought it was a good a good episode. It was a good, uh, even though Tracy Torme was involved in it, it was a good <laughs> Well, I like... So where do you want to start? I do, I, I like episodes where it's not a, a, a science fiction-y problem they need to figure out. Mm-hmm. It's not a uh, you know a ship battle, just them versus an enemy in another ship. I like bottle shows. I think I believe that's what they call these, where they're just yes. on the ship doing stuff. And I like pol- I've always been a, a very interested in the politics of Star Trek and the command structure of Starfleet. So I like episodes like that. Well, when I recommended <coughs> that the next Star Trek television show be all about the bu- bu- bureaucracy, you kind of poo pooed me away. I did. Yeah, I said the next show should be all about like the 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 higher ups of Starfleet, Starfleet Command. It should be all the bureaucracy that goes on. That sounds and, boring uh, as hell. And, <laughs> right, I know. That's, that's maybe because you saying. keep using the word bureaucracy, and I'm just like, I because just sounds like guys shuffling papers around. Yeah, I want to see a guy who can't get who has to file TPS reports <laughs> in outer space, and his and his space printer jams, and you know it's a space printer because it's got chrome on it. Well, maybe you could do a fan. Uh, fiction show of that in your garage i'm sure it already exists honestly uh so where would you like to start here i guess at the beginning sure i enjoyed that this show starts with a completely out of nowhere cold open of wesley running down a corridor after another child after another kid you know i didn't even like, pick up on to that. know who he is yeah, I didn't even. Pick, I did not even pick up because I think because I, as I was watching it, I was like, "Oh, I forgot about the sea story." There was a sea story in this episode. Yeah, it's kind of it's very, yeah, but it, it, <laughs> it might it be crosses dead. both stories, right? So Wesley has a friend Jake, who obviously you've never met before, and you'll never see again. Probably, nope. he's probably but, in a novel or something. Wes and uh, Jake were supposedly up for uh, Starfleet this end this this spot in the Starfleet Academy, and uh, Jake washed out. He did not get into it, and Wes chases Jake down to say, "Hey, man, I hope you're doing okay. You know, I hope you're doing." And Jake's like, "No, no, no, don't worry about it. I'm fine. You go do your thing. We're all cool." It was just an odd open, but they had to introduce Jake, and they had to introduce his backstory for later. Shouldn't Jake have known that he was not going to do that or get into it? Because do you remember the episode when the bow breaks and they take all the kids? Mm-hmm. Right? They didn't take Jake. Yeah. <laughs> Jake had no special abilities. They just left him on the Enterprise. So is that... Was that why they took the kids in the bow breaks? Yeah, they all had and special the bow breaks uh, because special abilities. Yeah. See, I don't remember that being the reason why. I thought it was an age thing. Well, if that's if it was an age thing, Wesley was a lot older than the rest of those kids. Right, but he may have been under whatever age it was because Jake maybe Jake's older. Oh, well, I could be because wrong. We we'll know have that to investigate, but I, I thought it was like because. They're like, well, you're not really good at math, but you're really good at art. You excel at that, so we're taking you for that reason. Hmm. Who knows with those crazy aliens and <laughs> and all their inbreeding right. and whatever they were doing wrong. They just skipped. They just skipped over Jake. But you're right. We'll uh, never see Jake again. <laughs> no, because honestly, so, if the way that this episode played out, Jake should be in prison at least for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, he should be in the the space pokey. Yeah, the the brig on the ship, the the force field enhanced. Hole. 
I always like the the, the prison. I love the prison. <laughs> the, I love the, the brig too because it's so nice. It's carpeted. <laughs> it looks great. It's, it's better than any hotel room I've ever stayed in. <laughs> till you get to I'll, till you get to Enterprise, like their brig was the broom closet. <laughs> well, their entire ship was the that's broom true. Closet. I was like, now that's a fucking brig. <laughs> yeah, space submarines. So so now we watch Wes. Uh, he transports off the ship and at the exact same time i don't know i guess you can't transport and transport off and on at the exact same time and like you have to do it transport off and then transport people on well in regards to the fact that you're filming the show yeah but we know the enterprise has more than one transporter room <laughs> but yeah true so true. and i assume if they have more than one room they can do multiple transports like that <laughs> otherwise but, why but have- the captain the, was the captain there to see wes off or was he there to meet the admiral I think it might be a little bit of both. So that's why they did it all on the same pad. Yeah. They coordinated. Look at that. Space coordination. So I, on, uh, I only say that because there was a scene cut from this episode. If I'll, I'll, usually I do this at the end, but I'll work it in now. Mm-hmm. There was a scene cut where they're celebrating Wesley's 16th birthday. Oh, yes. I read about this. Yeah. So uh, on, on Deck 21 Forward Lounge, which <laughs> which I guess was the precursor to 10 Forward. I didn't think – I didn't realize that his birthday took place on the ship. I thought it was with the people down on the planet. Well, according to this, and this is Memory Alpha, mm-hmm. they said uh, a scene cut for time showed Wesley and the whole bridge crew celebrating his 16th birthday. The script named the location of the scene as Deck 21 Forward Lounge, probably an early predecessor to 10 Forward. Hmm. The scene also... That had to have been after he was in the testing. Because during the testing, he says, I turned 16 in a few days. Oh! Or next week. Okay, so maybe he was there just to meet the Admiral. Oh, yeah. I mean, they they obviously may have changed the script at some point, but he does say, like, they ask his age when they're down with the other people because he's the youngest cadet or he's the youngest uh, tester. Right. Testing. So obviously age has nothing to do. So it was just uh, – what's his name? Keith? Kevin? Who was the guy? <laughs> Jake? Jake. He was just a retard. <laughs> Got it. Uh, it's also notable that the scene that was cut uh, featured a short humorous bit where Data asks Worf how Klingons celebrate their birthdays and Worf replies that they do not. Data then asks how does he know how old he is. Worf replies that he does not know and asks Data, how does he know? And Data replying that he has no age. Ha, 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 That's humorous. Which is actually kind of... I picture s- Data with a cigar in his mouth, yeah. <laughs> moving his arms like, how old are you, Worf? <laughs> First of all, Worf doesn't know how old he is. Like, that's not in a record somewhere. Isn't Data supposed to be third in charge of the fucking ship? And we know how old Data is. Yeah. Data knows how old he is. All right. We're getting off. <laughs> it's come up before. I know he's Sorry. been in Star Trek like 26 years or something like that. Did I just say Star yeah, Trek he, <laughs> or Starfleet? I, kn- I knew what you meant. I was going to let it go. <laughs> he's on the Star Trek Enterprise. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but he does say it when he, I mean, I thought he knew how long he existed. Maybe in a how later episode. Was, I don't know. Per se. No, oh, I thought he had mentioned it already. Anyway. So, Wes beams off the ship. We're introduced to, oh boy, uh, I don't know the Admiral's name, but the Lieutenant's name is Remick. The Admiral is Gregory Quinn. Admiral Quinn? Yep. Okay. So, Admiral Quinn and Lieutenant Remick show up, and they're like, hey, yo, uh, we're going to check some shit out on your ship because we don't think something's right. But basically, it's a big secret. Uh, The Admiral tells... Picard, I need to talk to you in private without your number one. Oh, but my Lieutenant Remick gets to come with me. Now, just for the... Remick is a Lieutenant Commander. He's not just a regular Lieutenant. Oh, sorry. Yeah. That's important to know. My my apologies. That's important to the story. <laughs> well, it sort of is. I, I just forgot. Oh. I'm no, sorry. no, no, no. I, would, no. I thought you were mocking me like, that's not important to the story. And I'm like, well, it kind of is. So, uh... The Admiral tells Picard that they're there and that Remick is going to be walking around questioning the crew because they think something's not right or they think something's wrong on the Enterprise and they're there to find out what it is and it's all hush-hush. No one, no one's supposed to know. This, And in fact, they didn't tell much Picard much of anything else. This scene is so fucking mind-boggling to me. 
Why is that? Because, and I've brought this up before, because there's a, this happens a lot in this first season, is that somebody comes on and tells Picard to do something, and Picard never double-checks anything. Like, doesn't... Oh, you mean like the people who came to fix the warp drive? Yeah, like that whole thing. Like, everything about that. It, like, so the Admiral's like, well, there's something wrong here, and doesn't elaborate at all, and Picard's like, okay, you're the Admiral, I guess. I mean, they just a few weeks ago had an Admiral come on who was taking this youth <laughs> serum and Picard went along with that. He wouldn't even be like, uh, maybe I should call somebody and double check on this. See what's going on. Do you not agree? Well, maybe he, he, he definitely learns that in later seasons. I hope so. Cause he's very just like, okay, you know, you're the Admiral. <laughs> I mean, now I guess it's, it's worth noting that him and Admiral Quinn are supposedly supposed to be good friends. Yes. Right. So, I mean, I guess you could factor that into it, but he doesn't say, like, I've known the guy for 20 years. I have no reason not to trust him. He just trusts him. <laughs> well, and he's a superior officer. You would, I, I think it's both of them coupled together. I guess. But I'm just saying, in the Army, I'm sure people double-check in the Navy, double-check orders, especially if they're odd and very vague, like, there's something wrong. Something wrong with the ship, and I'm going to find it. But, it, I mean, that's what makes me think that it they knew what they were doing to tie it in to the last episode of the season. Okay, well, let's – let's uh, spoilers for the last uh, episode. Can we talk about that? Because we have to talk about that without – because I have a ton of questions. Uh, here's the problem is that I do not remember everything about the last episode of the season. I know the broad strokes of it. Okay, well, and it obviously there's a – the last episode is called Conspiracy. Uh, these aliens have taken over heads of Starfleet and are controlling them and have been working their way in and out of Starfleet and taking key positions and blah, blah, blah. Uh, they like, ta- let's say, an admiral and a lieutenant commander. Well, they take over a ton of people, but Admiral Quinn is definitely one that they take over. Um, and then at the end, uh, it turns out Remick is the queen alien. The one that's controlling all of them. Right. So my question is, do you think that they're that Remick and Quinn are investigating this now and haven't been taken over yet, or have they been taken over already? That's an excellent question. That's what I couldn't get my head around. So they're probably investigating since they're there thinking that something's wrong because Picard is doing weird things and, and there's inaccuracies. They're, they're claiming there are inaccuracies in the record and that Picard has made odd choices. So it looks like they think that Picard may have been taken over and they are there to investigate him. You're probably so my, right. My guess, my guess would be that they have not yet been taken over, but they know something is going on okay. and that's what they're there. I guess that would out. make sense with the, with the offer that Quinn gives to Picard at the end. Be like, I need you close to me. Right. Yes. And that's, again, like I said, I, that's why I feel like they knew exactly what they were doing with this episode to lead up to the finale. Right. And the other thing that I kind of was leaning on that side, too, was the Remix reaction at the end of the episode seemed very human, you know. And, gen- and, gen- and like genuine. And genuine, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so we cut to now Wesley uh, at the Academy meeting his – other testing people. This is when Ryan Seacrest <laughs> comes out, right? And <laughs> announces the last line, the last four finalists. So, so we're told that these four people, it's a, a young lady, a Vulcan, and a dude named Mordok. I love Mordok. Which, yeah, uh, looks, he, he, the getup that he's got on kind of looks like Darth Vader without his helmet on. What I love about yeah. Mordok is, well, I love that he's just a weird-looking, freaky alien, mm-hmm. and he talks weird, and he sounds weird, but I love the fact that they addressed that he cannot breathe oxygen. <laughs> yeah, and I had to go check to see, for for a small fraction of a second, I actually thought that this guy playing Mordok may have been the same guy who played Neelix. Oh, you did? Under a bunch of makeup. Really? But yeah, I don't know why. He said something or acted a certain way. And I was like, boy, I don't, and I'm like, it, it probably isn't, but I went and checked anyway. No, but there and is another, I believe in season two, 
an alien species or another one of those aliens shows up on the Enterprise, mm-hmm. and Wesley calls him Mordok because they look exactly alike. And the guy's like, "I'm not Mordok, you piece of shit." This is spacism. <laughs> yeah, I'm Rordok. <laughs> I'm Moloch. All right, so he's uh, introduced to them. We come to find out that these four uh, candidates are the top finalists of getting the one spot available into the Starfleet Academy. To now, which wait, I asked. Okay, go ahead. Well, now was it the that this is this is very confusing on how to get in the Starfleet Academy according to this episode. Right. I know in later episodes and movies and other TV shows, it is definitely more streamlined and more like getting into a naval academy, not the hellish fucking hunger games program that they're running in this episode <laughs> and it's a, it's i just look at it as like a japanese game show uh, that's like, that's a good analogy too but i was now did he say that there was only one spot to get into starfield academy or one yes. spot from this sector of space they can't just take I one s- person per year i saw well, the way it sounded was that there was a one spot available they were accepting one person. Right. You know, unlike the military or any other armed forces anywhere who takes gang gangs of people at all times. Well, okay, again, because I was trying to pay close attention. I could have sworn he said for the one spot in, you know, Forbalot 21 the or wherever they are. And say, Percy, Percy I. Yeah. Omicron 28. But I could Whatever be wrong. But either way, like uh, the way that Starfleet eventually gets set up is you're either enlisted or you're an officer. Officers go to Starfleet Academy. Enlisted people don't. They go to basic training type shit. Like the military. Huh. I don't think I ever put that together. Yeah. So like a guy like Chief O'Brien from mm-hmm. who he's never went to Starfleet Academy. He's an enlisted man. He's the highest up of an enlisted guy because he's a chief right he and any ensign is a higher up than chief o'brien i never put it together i don't know why oh really uh yeah so so but to get to an academy like i assume like the naval academy here on our world (laughs) or in our reality you take tests or whatever to get in but if you pass you get in (laughs) right there's not like if there's not like this wacky system where like Sorry, Brian, you got a, a 98% on all your testing to get in candy, but Johnny Shitbricks here got a 99%, so you can't go. Try again next year. <laughs> right. Yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense yeah, the way it's It's retarded. Out. So uh, they're told they're going to be given tests, and they, they compete against each other, blah, blah, blah. It's just... it's Unfortunately, it turns out to be just nonsense. Like I said, like the the way it's presented is... Like a game show. So, meanwhile, back in the B storyline. Well, wait, b- before we go back, it's just one mm-hmm. more f- problem I have with this. If you are running a, a, a program like this for Starfleet Academy, would you not want smart people? Right? Yes. So, I would. In the first question that they have, the trick question, the one to one ratio question that they have, mm-hmm. right? Three of them and- get it right. One of them gets right. it wrong. But the other two who got it right don't count because somebody got it right first. <laughs> so these people are intelligent. They figured the problem out, but they get lower points based on that. No, they counted. They counted for that individual question. It was just the speed of answering all of the questions overall, I felt. Okay. That's, it, wasn't, that I it wasn't just that Like as soon as one person answered that question, all three of the other ones are locked out. I, I know I understand that. And you get a point basis on the fact that you went, you know, you second, third, or whatever. Like a race. Sure. They still got the answer right. Yeah. But, but they got based right on their stupid system. Slower. Yeah, they got uh-huh. it slower. They can't get in. Now, they're still smart people. They just, something happened. They were second behind Wesley. <laughs> hey, dude, you can't, uh, you can't hesitate like that when you need to know your ratio mixtures for antimatter and matter. With the trick question. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway. You can't. You can't hesitate. What if you're like, oh, it's, it's one to two. <laughs> Everyone's dead. I, I I I see your point. It just seems ridiculous that you would waste these other smart people. <laughs> no, no, they didn't get wasted. They got to try again next. And time. what if they were a second? Bo- I mean, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Stop playing devil's advocate for retarded Starfleet Academy. 
I will never. All right, we done with that. Yes. We done with I, them I for now. I, yeah, okay. I have nothing else to say on the weird testing till we get to the fun part of it. So we're back in the B storyline, and Remick is like parading around the <laughs> the uh, the flight deck, right, and and just like giving everyone the 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 stink eye, isn't he? Yes, isn't he just kind of like asking people random questions and looking everybody over? He has. Then, uh, he is suspicious about everything that everybody is doing. Yeah, and and like, doesn't Jordy being like, um, I'm just like flying the ship. Somebody's got to be here and do this, even if it's on autopilot. Yeah. Someone's got to be sitting in this chair. So that's what you're watching now. <laughs> I've already punched in the coordinates, and the ship is doing its nick and nick a do. But I have to sit here and look like I'm doing something. I'm very surprised mm. that we did not get a uh, data Jordy eye maneuver, <laughs> look at each other type yeah. thing. It's probably cut for time. Yeah. <laughs> so, so then Remick tells. Um, Riker. Right? Doesn't he say to Riker, I need to talk to you? Yep. And Riker's like, go fuck yourself, Remick. <laughs> so we got a Remick shut down. <laughs> yeah, it'll be, well, that when he dies at the end of the last episode. Yes. That's the complete shutdown, the total shutdown. So Riker basically tells Remick to go, uh, to go shove it. And then Riker goes to talk to Picard, right? Yep. And says, "What the f is going on? And who's in trouble? Am I in trouble? Would if I was in trouble, would you tell me? If you knew, could you tell me?" And Picard's like, "I can't tell you anything. I don't. I don't know myself much of anything." Because Picard doesn't know shit at that point, right? It's worth but, noting too. And I don't know if this is the first time, but I think it is. The old Riker leg over the chair. Yep, I have the old leg maneuver right there. <laughs> That's what I have it here. To, the old Riker leg over the back of the seat maneuver. I have it exactly written like that. Okay, that must be the first time then. It's. I think it is. <laughs> if it's not the first time, it's the first time where it is plainly visible. Yeah. <laughs> like, holy crap. So, for those of you who might not know, uh, Jonathan Frakes is a giant. He's like 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. Yeah. And... The chairs and all the other crap in that place are kind of small for him. And not only that, he's got a bad back, I believe. Yeah, he said, I remember seeing an interview where he talked about that. Something to that effect. So trying to sit in those shitty chairs all the time or like trying to maneuver them in and out and all that crap, it was a real chore for him. So what he started doing, instead of going around and sitting in like a normal person, he takes the giant's way and steps his one leg over the back of the chair and maneuvers himself down onto the seat. I'm sure there's a Watch mashup it. of all the times he's done it somewhere on YouTube. <laughs> there, there definitely is. I know I've seen it. Uh, but, but I didn't re- realize that it was in this episode. So as soon as I saw it, I marked out. Um, so, so, okay. So then after Riker meets with Picard, he's like, all right, Remick, we can meet. Let's go. No, I think uh, Remick's now Remick's down in engineering talking to Jordy. Oh no, no, okay, no, that's what it was. Riker says I have to do stuff. We can talk when it doesn't interfere with my normal order, my normal uh, schedule, or something like that. Right. So then, so no, he was already talking to Jordy on the bridge. No, no, no. This is down in engineering when they start talking about the traveler and Kaczynski down there. Oh, okay. So this is yeah. So. So Remick starts asking questions about things that have happened in past episodes. So things we actually know about, things we've seen happen. And he starts basically, basically the gist of it is that he's questioning the, he's questioning the captain's uh, ability to take charge or to make the decisions in these, in these situations because odd things were going on and, and the record shows that there was odd decisions that needed to be made and everyone is basically backing up the decisions the captain made saying like it was a weird situation and he made the right call well they for did what needed to be done there was a, a a definite cool scene later on where he's questioning everybody mm-hmm. but this time they just yeah they brought up kaczynski and then they cut to him and troy and he's questioning about the episode with the stargazer and the ferengi mind control device yeah yeah and on, like uh, picard's old ship yeah i was i loved the fact that they were doing this uh, yeah, which is really it's first of all surprising in the first season that they would do this because I know that they were very uh, the higher ups at Star Trek were like you cannot do uh, what is the, the word I'm over long game overarching arcs <laughs> like they did in Deep Space Nine which they got away mm-hmm. with they like every show has to be insulated and you know and can't so the fact that they were referencing them was very very cool and if you hadn't seen them 
you'd be like, ooh, listen to all these cool adventures that had happened. And to find out that they were actual episodes yeah. would be cool. Yeah, I have talking about stuff that happened in past episodes, like The Traveler, et cetera, is always good. I, and The Stargazer, I have written down too. I just like when I just like when a show does that. And then, like I said, the foreknowledge watching it this time, knowing that it all means something, makes it even better for me. Yeah. Like it wasn't just like, oh, we're going to reference these things. Like he's questioning why the captain made those decisions because now we know it's because they were probably investigating whether or not he had been taken over by an alien influence. Right, but wait, as is, as far as the Traveler and Kaczynski one, I, I don't see why they've just been like, we were ordered to let this guy do that. Why are you questioning anything that happened on that on that mission? <laughs> well, back to what you said, I guess. Maybe, like, well, you didn't ask to confirm those orders from anyone else? Like, you just took his words for it or Kaczynski's words for it? Or whose words did you take for it that you were supposed to do this? Well, I don't think Kaczynski just showed up. I believe they were, he was says like Starfleet has sent this guy here to us. So they knew that that was happening. Anyway, that's another, maybe it was, maybe it was Kaczynski who contacted them. I I don't know. If that's the case, that Picard is a shitty captain and he should have been investigating. (laughs) It's like fool me once. (laughs) Who are you? Just some guy. (laughs) So now, Here's my question for you. Mm-hmm. Wasn't Wes off the ship at Starfleet Academy taking tests? Now, the ship is what? Docked over the planet? Right. Okay. So Wes isn't actually staying on planet. He's coming back and staying on the ship. Right. Okay. Because I would think that if you're going to Starfleet Academy and you're going there to take tests, you would, like, stay in the... the the dorms, oh, well, I assumed that that was not Starfleet Academy that he was at. That was some outpost where they, they could do some... Uh, assuming that space is a very large place with a lot of distances that they're like, you know, we can accommodate some testing here at this station or this outpost, wherever it is, but the real Starfleet Academy is on Earth. They're not at Earth. Right, no, no. I know it's not the Starfleet oh. Academy, but I figured it was an outpost of some sort. Where they might do training for this sector for the academy, meaning that there are other cadets there, or there are other people there who are in training. So there would be dorms and stuff. I would. Oh, I see, thought no, that see, I got, I got the different live. meaning that that was an actual working Starfleet outpost that was just accommodating some testing for these, for these okay. cadets, future. Well, imagine my surprise. When Wes just shows up chilling out in an empty holodeck. Oh, see, I was not. I was like, okay, he went. He's done for the day. He went back home. (laughs) Oh, see, yeah, no, I was totally like, what? What the fuck? He was supposed to be on the planet. What's going on? So, lots of questions about this scene. Okay. Wes is just chilling in a holodeck by himself, Mm -hmm. not doing anything. Right? He was playing with a pad. Didn't have a program running. No, he didn't have a program with it. He was just playing. He was reading. Is that what he said he was reading? He was playing with his pad. Okay. <laughs> P-A-D-D. So then, in walks Worf. Sees Wes. And is like, oh, I didn't realize anyone was in here. I didn't realize you were masturbating in the corner of the holodeck. <laughs> of the empty holodeck yeah. with no program running. Is that what gets you off? Did it just end, so, Wesley? <laughs> Do you need to zip up? <laughs> Do you need some uh, paper towels? So... But then Worf goes to leave, and the only thing I could think throughout the rest of this entire scene is, what was Worf going in there for? Well, he started to, uh, he walked in and started to fiddle with the control panel. Yeah, so was he going to run a program? It was either going to run a program, or he was there to fix something, or check something, I don't I want to know what he was going to run, dude. Oh, Jesus, Brian, I wanna that's n- crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know... There, that's one of the threads. If, remember in our imaginary, uh, our imaginary new Star Trek show before we knew all about Discovery, it was going to be this. You know, I mean, I know they said Discovery is going to be an anthology, and they're going to, but we want to pick up threads from other episodes. I want someone to pick up the thread of what program Worf was going to run. So it was something really important that if he had, if he, if he had done it, like he could have blown up the Enterprise, but like something that Wesley just stopped him at the last second. It was some program that was inlaid somewhere in discovery and sat dormant for fucking 80 years <laughs> i thought maybe it was something the binaries put in there ah, that could be it too so anyway that that's all i could think of. i was like oh i want to know what that story is what was Worf gonna do i got way more out of this i like this scene <laughs> because i believe this is the first time that we get a little 
backstory on Worf. Yeah. Like, you know, he's been there. He's said some gruff shit, and, you know, we learned a little bit. But, like, any personal shit about him, we didn't know anything to this point. So I like And what do we learn? We learned that his greatest fear is relying on people and that uh Oh yes, that's what this scene was for. It was to for Wes to uh uh say aloud his fear of the, the testing for Starfleet Academy because the last test is a psych test of sorts. Right. Where they put you up against your what they believe is your greatest fear. I forgot I could not remember what the conversation right. uh, precipitated here. So I like. So yes, that. he's I, afraid of he's afraid of trusting other people, mm-hmm. which is worth like sort of. Yeah, absolutely. That's in character. So, um, next thing I have written down is that Jake goes for a joyride. This is another scene that is mind boggling to me. But <laughs> elaborate. <laughs> so Picard, and well, everyone's on the is everyone's yeah. on the deck. Remix right? grilling him about something. Yeah. And someone uh, says to Picard that a shuttle has just left the shuttle bay without having orders to do so or without having permission to do so. And they come to find out that it's young Jake. You remember Jake from the beginning of the episode? Oh, yes. Who who was all down on himself because he didn't get into Starfleet Academy? Mm -hmm. Well, now Jake's running away. And instead of doing it with a stick and a bindle over his shoulder... He's doing it by committing grand larceny and grand theft auto or whatever and stealing a shuttlecraft from uh, Starfleet's flagship So <laughs> and running away. I only had – there's a lot of things. I have two notes for this, but my first one is this kid absolutely has to leave right now. He can't yes. – like what is the rush to leave? The Enterprise is going to be going places. He can get off the ship anytime he wants. He's not, a, he's not part of Starfleet. Why is he freaking out like this? Yeah, I don't know. I think maybe the pressure just got to him. Like he cracked. Is what you're saying? He cracked. He cracked because he yeah because he thought that he was uh, letting his parents down, letting his father. Right. So if that was the case, I mean he had, but he didn't really show signs of like I've just lost my shit. He was like I can't stay here anymore. Like couldn't he have not gone to the whoever it is to get off the ship and be like I'd like to leave the ship now. So I'm gonna go join the Nairobi. Alliance, wherever the fuck he said he was going, and this and that. Like, why did he have to steal the ship and go? I mean, I understand for the story why he needed to do it. <laughs> like, I just, it just didn't make any sense to me. I'm like, what is wrong it's with all this you guy? need to know? It's all you need to know. It was all about the story. Right. It was in service of the story. Go ask Tracy Torme. She knows. He knows. He knows. She knows. He knows. He knows. Damn it. I'll never get that right. So, uh, basically, uh, Jake is flying away and Picard tells him to come back but there's a problem with the ship he loses control he can't steer or he can't do something I don't remember and he's caught in the gravitational pull of a planet or a star or whatever the fuck it is and everyone's like freaking out and Remick's like he's never gonna make it You, what are you doing and Picard tells uh, him to speed up towards the planet and right at the last second to pull up so he ends up bouncing off the atmosphere in order to break orbit or to break through and get away from the planet and enable to turn around. I don't know. It was just nonsense. Whatever it was, it was designed to show that Picard is a clear thinker and uh, is good under stress and has the best interests of everyone in mind. Now, what's worth noting as well here is if I were the captain of the Enterprise, I would have handled this much differently than Picard. Because Picard... Like maybe you would have... Go ahead. (laughs) What would I have done, Brian? I don't know, flew the ship over with a tractor beam and got the ship? They, they didn't know. have time for that, because I think someone oh. said that. Okay. I would have used beam, that one piece of... no time to get over there and beam them up. That's right? what I would have done. <laughs> okay. Because they can clearly beam to the planet, and he hadn't reached the planet yet. So everybody on the ship just completely forgot that they have transporters for some reason. Maybe he was moving too fast. Yeah. Well, we know that's not true. <laughs> we've We've seen them transport at various speeds all the time well is there a transporter pad on doesn't need to be no i know there doesn't need to be but isn't it much more isn't it easier to transport pad to pad than it is to transport individual i assume so and since he's not on a pad and he's moving maybe they couldn't get a good lock on him i don't know they didn't even try and also and again because i i'll i won't 
you know, hold them to this because it's the first season or that. But eventually, all the uh, shuttlecrafts have emergency transporters on them where you just stand on the yes. pad, you hit a button, and it transports you out. Well, you only see, like, the cockpit of the shuttle in this episode. No, you see. Didn't build- oh, yeah. But you they do didn't- see the outside of it, and this is the first time you see a shuttlecraft. Yes. A runabout, right? That's, no, that's, no. Runabout's a completely different ship. God, Brian, do you even know Star Trek? <laughs> <laughs> I knew that runabout was a word in Star You knew Trek. that it was a word. So, that's good. <laughs> I'm getting better. Oh, yeah, I'm learning. Um... So, back to the testing facility. <laughs> Day two? I don't know. So, oh, oh so they save, I'm sorry, they save Jake. Jake comes, they tell Jake on the way back, like, oh, you're going to get it now, Lucy. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're, you're going to have some explaining to do. Uh, and uh, that's basically the pretty much almost the last thing we see about Jake. And now back to the testing. All four of these dummies are taking a test. It's some kind of weird bullshit. Their balls are bouncing around. Some kind of matrix of some sort, and everyone's having a hard time with it, except for Wes. Wes is doing decent at it. Mm-hmm. And then Wes takes time out of his own testing to help Mordock to, uh, to, to figure out what he's doing and give him some, some uh, kind words of encouragement. He's like, you and got your vector strike. Just get your trajectory in there. <laughs> Something like yeah, that. This is nonsense. <laughs> so then by the time Wesley gets back to his computer to finish his simulation, Mordock finishes his clearly beating Wesley time-wise. But we know now Wesley is, you know, that's the kind of guy Wesley is. He's He wants to help everybody and make sure that everyone's doing the job that they can do the best at. Yeah, Wes is, is a important. fucking Mary Sue. We know. We got it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the, the instructor comes in and congratulates Mordock for getting it finished first. And Mordock's like, no, I couldn't have done it without Wesley's help. And they're like, yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> Wesley helped you, but that's okay. And that's part Wesley of Starfleet. Wesley did well, too. Yeah. You skipped over the part all, with the with the alien guy. I didn't really give a fuck. Oh, I just thought it was funny. I mean, you could mention it. That's I don't fine. know. It was Go just I, it. <laughs> just so stupid. <laughs> all right, and that's why I was like, whatever. Yes, Wesley well, it's, clearly is more well informed than everyone else. Right, but like because Mordock does well. The, okay, the whole scene is that this guy bumps into Wesley, and Wesley apologizes. And the guy keeps getting madder and madder as Wesley apologizes. And all of a sudden, Wesley, like, turns on him. He's like, you son of a bitch. I'll knock you out to Wednesday. You do this and that. And the guy's like, I like you. And he walks off. And yeah. uh, 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 Sulu comes in. <laughs> I don't know that guy's name. Sulu. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he's like, oh, Wesley, oh, you handled that well and this and that. And he's like, oh, well, I knew he was a, a, a jerk Aryan. And they, they consider being nice a form of... What the hell did he say? Like uh, fake, like being fake. Yeah. And he's like, so they respect that coming back. And he's like, oh, yes, it is. That's very good. He's like, was that a test? And he's like, I don't know. Was it? And then he he kind of walks (laughs) off. And I'm like, what kind of fucking whack it? Like, what if Wesley turned around and went the other way? That would be great if the (laughs) instructor just pulled the cape over his face and threw a smoke bomb down and disappeared. (laughs) But then Mordock's like, I would have never have known that. And like, well, okay, so you didn't know that. Like. I don't know. It's just crazy. But anyway, let's move on. And, well, the fact that Wesley doesn't get in a Starfleet clearly means that this wasn't a test. Oh, I guess it wasn't. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> He's just being a dick. <laughs> yeah. Just have these kids guessing all the time. <laughs> We're always watching you. Always. There should be a scene where Wesley goes to the bathroom and like all the urinals will fill, except for like one right in the middle. And he's like, is this a test? <laughs> or is it-, <laughs> <laughs> is it a test whether I go use the urinal yeah. or the stall? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. What if I don't use a stall? They might think I'm gay, but if I don't, they might think I'm a homophobe. <laughs> <laughs> There's no right answer. <laughs> well, he does say that so, too, uh, right? There is no right answer. Who says that? The instructor? Yeah, I think he says that. I don't remember that. My notes start to get hazy now. Oh, yeah. Let's speed it along. Yeah, so we go back on the ship, and basically the Admiral says to Picard, Hey! Yeah, sorry for all that. It really, what we were trying to do was vet you out to offer you a job as um, the commandant at Starfleet. Commandant? Is that the term? Uh, Yeah, I think so. As a commandant? I don't remember what they say specifically, but they're basically offering you a job to be head of Starfleet Academy. Yeah, actually, you skipped over the one part. We don't don't have to get into doing depth, but I just thought it was cool the way they shot it was when Remick was 
asking more questions to the crew, and they were doing those camera tricks where he would talk to one person, ask the question. He would walk across the room and then walk back, and another person would right, be in the yeah. chair, but it looks like it's the same shot. I love yeah. when they do shit like that. It's so weird. I mean, I noticed it, and I'm like, yeah, that's that's tr- like, that's old hat. Like, it's nothing big deal for me. I don't, I'm surprised well, that you've... now it's not, because you've probably seen it a lot of times, but that, I've, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it might have been done prior to that, but I just like that they did. I love when they do that. Because it, huh. it speeds it along, you know, because it's not like, okay, Lieutenant Yar, let's talk. Okay, we're, you know, it's just like, hey, we know, you get it. He's talking to everybody. Right. All right. Anyway, I like, the, I like those little camera tricks. Kudos to whoever directed this. I know you mentioned her name, but I already forgot. <laughs> yeah, and I'm no longer on that page. Uh, so, uh, it was all clever ruse. Haha. We uh, actually, it ends up not really tr- t- technically being a ruse. It's just that. They were they were investigating him and his uh, his ability to lead and whatnot because they wanted him to be the the next leader of Starfleet Academy, and he's like, "I'll think about it." Thanks. Well, no, he also alludes that there's something going on at Starfleet. See, I didn't remember him saying that. Afterward. Yeah, no, I don't he, remember him saying that in that conversation. Yeah, it's in that conversation. He he was very vague though. He's like, "There's something going on. I can't put my fucking finger on it, but I need you close to me. I need you to." Yeah, be I remember him saying, "I need you close." Yeah. But uh, and then Remick kind of this is the best part apologized. of the fucking episode. Remick like kind of apologizes, doesn't he, for being such a dick? He's he he says I'm sorry. I was just following orders, and um, in six months I'm done with my oh, that, yeah. yeah with my tour of duty <laughs> at wherever he's doing, and I'm going to be uh, putting in to serve on the Enterprise. And the look on Patrick Stewart's face <laughs> when they cut back to him, like he's like, "You smell like shit." You look like shit. <laughs> There's no way I'm letting you on my fucking ship. <laughs> it was just yeah, the greatest. I forgot that he... It, like, I thought for sure it was going to be like, I'd be proud to have you, Lieutenant Remick, or something like that, you know? But instead he's just like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> there should have been a no laugh way. track. <laughs> and the sad trombone when Remick goes through the fucking door. <laughs> so, then we cut back. To the last test, right, on the planet. The psych test. Yes, the psych test. Although they, doesn't Wesley refer it to it as the psych test? And the instructor's like, well, we don't like to call it a psych test. We like to do blah, 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 blah whatever. I think, Basically, were they alluding to people going, like, doing something to you and then going, psych? Because <laughs> that's pretty no, much what they did to him. <laughs> um. So the test, as far as Wesley understands it to be, is that you are presented with your greatest fear, and it is meant to see whether or not you crumble or you overcome. But he doesn't know how it actually takes place or how it presents itself or anything. So he and the instructor are waiting outside a door so Wesley can take his turn, and Mordok comes out of the door, having just finished his test. (laughs) This is the best. With his his hand shaking. Yeah, he's like holding his hand like it's shaking. And, and doesn't he like say something like, I'll never be the same again? No, I don't he didn't what, say that. That would have been awesome if he did. <laughs> I, could, he, I could never look at my parents he's okay, in the eye. He's like, I will be. Yeah, he goes, are you okay? And he goes, I will be. But it's just like the hands. And he's like staring at his hands and his hands are shaking. And I'm like, what the fuck did like you think Mordok was in on fucking Wesley's test? Like they're like, Mordok, just come out of the door shaking and look visibly. No. Yeah. <laughs> No, I don't that think that would be great. <laughs> so Wesley goes in for his test and it's like basically a blank room with a chair in it. And Wesley is, starts asking like, "Hello, anybody here? I'm here. I'm ready to take my test." Hello. And Hello, hello. You just hear what? <laughs> I said hello, hello. <laughs> hello, hello. Uh you hear giant explosions happening outside the door he just walked into. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. There might even Wesley be like a red alert his, sound, like a wah, wah. yeah. There may be that too. The the the, the klaxon sound is that what that's is called? That the what klaxon. That's called? Yes. Uh, so he runs out the door to see at another door at a lab of some sort. Uh, there's the explosions are coming from in there, and he opens the door, and everything is just a fucking shit show in there. There's smoke. <laughs> There's shit flying around. People are pinned under things. People are crying. People meaning all two of them that are in there. So Wes runs in to try to figure out what's going on, and he's talking to the two people. The one guy is pinned under something, uh, or is is 
hurt on the laying on the floor and can't get up on his own under his own volition. Some and pipe landed is, on his legs or something. Yeah, but nothing that Wesley couldn't move on his own. Right. Because there's another guy cowering in the corner saying that they're all going to die and he can't he can't help Wesley and it's too late and we're all going to die and I can't I can't move. Doing his best Bill Paxson from Aliens. Yeah. <laughs> Game over. Now, we're dying. <laughs> yeah. Pipes have fallen. There's steam and whatever other kind of chemical bullshit flying around in there. So Wes keeps trying to encourage this man who is not injured uh, to to help him and to that he's perfectly fine and that if he doesn't move, he is going to, in fact, die. Um, but all the time, this guy just keeps sniveling and saying he can't help him. He can't do anything on his own. And Wes chooses to help the injured man who actually can't get out on his own and drags him to safety and drags the injured man out into the hallway, and the door closes behind him. Right. When Wes goes through the steam pipe thing, the guy's like, if we go through that, we'll die. And Wes is like, no, it's fine. Look, watch. <laughs> and he just yeah. backs out through it. I'm like, yeah, he just proved to you. But now we know there's a reason why that guy didn't run, Brian. Yes. And it's all because, surprise, psych. This was, <laughs> this was your psych <laughs> test. Psych. That would have been great if when the dead guy came out the door, he just went, psych. <laughs> and just walked away. Uh, he almost so, did. <laughs> well, that's I have that written down. <laughs> so, basically, it was the test. It, the test was about the choosing because they ascertained that Wes's greatest fear was not being able to choose based on the fact that Picard had to choose who to save when his father died and he was not able to save his father. Is that correct? Uh, well, the way that Wes comes to the conclusion is very, like, disjointed because maybe they hadn't ironed it out yet. I don't know, because he's like, oh, so that's like, because my father and Captain Picard and, oh, I get it. So at, at this point, and I'm still not clear, what is the story with Picard and his father? I don't know. I know that he, he brought his father's he to die. corpse home, right? And I know that from watching the show forever and ever that he's responsible or he was involved in it, but, like, did... Like they at this point they never told us the full story as what as what happened. Mm. Am I or am I wrong? It. I don't know. Oh. I don't remember. They're not doing it in this episode, right? They're alluding to it. They're just not telling us definitively. I don't even know. So, well, you know what? Go go on. I'm going to look up so, Jack Crusher. So the, the instructor's there and tells him what's going on. And as the instructor's talking to him, the guy who he helped out gets up off the floor, brushes himself off, kind of gives like a, a either hand, gives him a handshake or like a, like a look and then walks away. But then the dead guy comes out the door. <laughs> and the look <laughs> The guy who him. he left there to die comes out the door. And I'm like, the snark look the dead guy gives Wesley when he leaves. He's just like... <laughs> Like, oh, thanks, Dick. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for leaving me to die. Um, yeah, and that was it. So, so they do the, they do the final results. It turns out that Wesley wasn't good enough. Mordock wins, uh, the coveted spot of Starfleet Academy uh, cadet, and the other ones are other people are encouraged to try next year. And that's that. Oh. So Wesley goes back to the ship with his tail between his legs. Doesn't want to actually speak to the captain because he feels he's let him down. But he does speak to the captain, and he finds out that, in fact, Captain Picard had failed his first time trying to get into Starfleet Academy. Now, I wondered if it was the game show type, yeah, where there's only one entry. Which part? Yeah, who knows where he screwed up. But then uh, Picard breaks the bad news to the Admiral that he will not be leaving the Enterprise, and he is going to stay on as captain. And I believe the Admiral says, well, yes, it's still good that we have you out here, and let, that he sees conspiracies everywhere. Right. And that's the end of the episode. <laughs> bum, bum, bum! Right. So here's so a, when you here's see an story. episode at the end of the season called Conspiracy. <laughs> yeah. Here's a story on Jack Crusher. Uh, Crusher was killed on an away mission while serving on the Stargazer. Uh, which I assume when Picard was captain. His death was considered an accident. It also involved a choice of life and death made by Picard, which resulted in Wesley having to make a similar choice at his psych test. Uh, Psych! So so no one knows exactly what the situation was, other than that was a similar situation like that. 
That's it. <laughs> Great. Sounds good. The mystery of Jack uh, Crusher is solved. I like this episode. I I enjoy watching it. I'd watch it again, again, especially knowing what happens at the end of the season. Yeah, I'm anxious to see conspiracy now because I do like that episode as well. Mm-hmm. Also, a mi- but, missed opportunity. <laughs> before we get to conspiracy, we have to watch season one, episode nineteen of the Next Generation, titled "Heart of Glory." Yeah, which I don't remember a goddamn thing about. Uh, so something to do with Klingons. It's got a higher overall rating than this episode, so All right, it's got, on IMDb anyway. It's got something to do with Klingons and something to do with Ferengis. Mm. But Rob Bowman directed it. I like him. So I look forward to speaking to all of you next week, or next time, I should say, when we watch episode 19, Heart of Glory. Make sure you tune in to the Prime Defective podcast. You can check us out on Twitter at the Prime Def. You can check us out at the Prime Defective podcast at theprimedefective.com. And uh, we are also a proud member of the soon-to-be-named network, which you can find that at soon-to-be-named-network.com or soon-to-be-named-network.tumblr.com. Check us out on iTunes. Leave us a a five-star review. Let everyone know how awesome we are and that we are not pedophiles. That is all. You cut out during that. All I heard was pedophiles. (laughs) 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 So I don't know what you said. That's why I was silent. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'll uh, if if it's not if it doesn't work right, I'll fix it. All right, I'll yeah, I didn't want to say anything incriminating. <laughs> no, that's fine. It was just about the being yeah, member, I, of the ne- gotcha. member network. All right. So until next week, damn it. So until next time, Joel on true, Jared. Joel on true, Brian. And see you in the Jeffrey's tubes. Psych, Wesley. <laughs> Mordok, are you all right? I will be.